Welcome to Hello Universe, a podcast about spirituality in our everyday lives. We're your co-hosts, Kylie and Eva. Hello, it's Kylie. And it's Eva. Welcome back to Hello Universe. Hello, friends. We're very happy that you're here. Yeah. How are you, my love? I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Tender. Tender. (laughs) Yes, tender. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I am great. I think we'll find yeah. out as we discuss today. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. let's, we have a interesting unpacking that we want to do in a bit, but why don't you share with our beloved audience what you're working on right now? Yeah. Okay. So in a moment, I'm going to dive into some mystical, witchy, trippy things that happened to me and you're going to help me unpack them. But before that, I had this really cool, I've had this really cool clarity showing up in my business that I'm very grateful for. Um, As you long-time listeners know, I've got like a new offer every week. I have a woman of a million ideas and I love that about myself and I don't want to change that. And also I have for a while now set my intention to like start building containers that allow me to be full of a million ideas, but don't require so much constant like reinvention because Mm -hmm. that can feel kind of tiring. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm a big believer that you like set the intention and then it's set. And then you're just like, then like the image that I have is almost like you, like, 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 like a superhero, like hook goes out and then it just pulls you forward. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I really have that. And so I'm actually just going to share with people within the world of my business coaching. So there's also like the Raven and Marope Monster School Magic Circle Retreat stuff, mm-hmm. but specifically for business coaching, here are the three ways you get to work with me. One is my membership, which is specifically focused on shadow work, right? It's like, what is it, what does shadow work mean for business? How do you use it in business? How do you like navigate triggers and obstacles and fears and resistance and alchemize them rather than feel like they're think that like you're wrong or um, that there are problems you need to to, to quote unquote fix. Yeah. Um, I just wrapped up a long container that I was running, and at the end, everyone's reflection back was like, "You helped me feel safe being human in my own business," mm. which like that's like the best, best medicine that you could possibly give anyone. <sighs> I mean, not even in business, but in life. Yeah. Yeah, I felt so, especially yeah, because in business there's so much like noise of like what you should be doing and the rules. And so, anyways, if you want. To be in my space at a low price point, lots of magic, lots of mindset, shadow work, and community, I have a membership. Mm-hmm. If you want to make big steps, like if you are like, I want clarity of action, I have been like churning on ideas, I have been on this healing journey, I have reemerged, and I'm ready to like bound across the earth and take big steps. I have a four-month business incubator called Sovereign Sales. And that is for you. And if you would like more intimate handholding through either of those approaches, you can work with me one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And that's what these containers have already been. But sometimes yeah. you have to build them before you can see clearly how they like how they line up and support one another. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, so 
anyway, I just feel really jazzed because I feel like, oh, I know how I'm showing up for myself. And I, yeah. And that. I think there's some clarity here around like that. This feels very like organized and like, yeah, like clear, but a small, a small, well, I don't know if it's watching you. Know, I will ask. So is the difference between the membership and sovereign sales, like membership is kind of like a one-on, like kind of a solo journey. And then sovereign sales is a group experience or how does No, happen? membership is also group and we meet in community twice a month. Mm-hmm. Um, probably might even be adding some more things for that in the new year. Um, but it's the focus is a little bit different, right? So the focus is more like, um, the mo- focus is more on like mindset and your own stories in your business and your own kind of sense of self. Mm-hmm. Whereas the sovereign sales is focused on, on action, yeah, but from is- a place of sovereignty, right? So right. there's still mindset. There's still right. some like unpacking, but it's like really focused on like, okay, ready, set, go take yeah. action. Whereas the other space, the membership space, um, by all means, like be in action, but the yeah. focus of it is a little, it's, it's like a scale, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. where is the focus more on? Yeah. Um, and so if you're the kind of person who's like, all right, I've been like, I've, I've you know, I've been, <laughs> I've had this business for four years and like, I'm ready for it to like, really just like, I'm, I'm ready to show up really powerfully and I'm ready for it to just take off. And mm-hmm. I'm ready to like, feel really clear in how money comes in and like, build build the things and do the things and take the steps Mm -hmm. then sovereign sales is the place for you because it's that's what it's really focused on and if you're like i just am tired of feeling adrift and you know these obstacles keep coming up and they they i feel lonely in them or like i want to like i want to be held and i want uh to unpack the things that are happening for me in my business, in community. And I want some tools so that when I feel insecure, I don't feel like knocked sideways by it. Then the membership is for you. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. I mean, well, how I, okay, let me describe it the way that I'm hearing it. And you can tell me if this sounds, if this sounds accurate to me, it sounds like um, the membership is okay. So they both have a focus on business and and like personal development or personal healing, which, you know, I don't love, I don't love that word personal development, but this, but it is, but I also love personal development, right? Like yeah. I love being able to go in and do that work for myself of like the, the personal awakening, I think that mm. happens in business. So my, I feel like they both will do both, but it sounds like sovereign sales is like, or I mean, the membership is more like, let's get to my own personal healing first and really alchemize that. And then the business and then sovereign sales is like, it's it's action like you said action focus like business yeah. focused but and of course there will be healing and personal development in that process as well does that yeah yeah and actually thank you for reflecting this back because i think a perhaps even simpler way is like do you feel like in within your business do you feel like the quote-unquote work is internal coming in the membership mm-hmm. do you feel like the quote-unquote work is external meaning like it's you out in the right then then yes. come be in sovereignty. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, that makes so much sense. And I think that yeah. you 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 beautifully help people with both. And it's nice that you kind of have these kind of things split up into different experiences. Yeah, I feel um, I feel really jazzed because, like you said, it's what I've already been doing. But now there's just clarity, and then in clarity, there's better boundaries, and there's better like intention and then also then the container gets to be that much more powerful because it's like oh i know exactly what we're trying to do here yeah um which yeah anyways yeah it feels like a i don't know i'm i'm jazzed i'm really jazzed you should and 
And also it feels really good to be like, do you want support for $37 a month? Great. Right. Like, like, do you want, do you want like really intimate handholding one-on-one also great. So mm-hmm. it feels, it feels really nice to, I've had the price range for a while, but it feels really nice to f- have both a range of prices and also to understand with more clarity, like what I want to offer people in each of these spaces. Yeah. Which the whole thing that I often teach is like, it takes, sometimes it takes messy action, right? Like you build the thing and then you roll around in it for a little while and you're like, oh, this is what I built. Cool. So true. So <laughs> true. Yeah. Awesome. I yeah. love it. So thank you. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Come be a messy human with me in your business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I trust, I trust no one else to be mess, like no one else more than Kylie that I can be messy with in front of which I am all the time. She just helps guide me out of it. <laughs> Same girl. Same. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned that you wanted to spend some time today unpacking an experience you had this weekend. Yeah. I'm already yeah. not feeling self-conscious because I'm like, well, we're 10 minutes <laughs> in and it's been the Kylie show. <laughs> no, I, no, I'm here for it. I want to know. Thanks. I want to yeah. know. I'm sure when, if, whatever you have to share, I feel confident that uh, it's going to be meant for me too. And also meant for some of our listeners. Yeah, I feel, I feel that for sure. Okay. So the like brief synopsis is as I'm sure many of you know, when I'm not doing creative things with Eva, I'm doing with them with my friend Liz Simpson of Magic Circle and Monster School Retreats. And um, Liz and her dear friend Jill put on a virtual retreat this past weekend called The Cosmic Womb. And uh, of course, I signed up. And of course, it knocked my fucking socks off. But even more than I was expecting, right? It's like I went in being like, oh, yeah, this is going to be the most magical thing ever. And then I was like, oh, I did, was not prepared for this, mm-hmm. um, which is great. And I and also, um, yeah, some like really mystical, trippy, profound things showed up for me in the experience. And uh, for all the obvious reasons, I kind of wanted to unpack them with you. So that's the context. Um, so the way the retreat was scheduled, structured is like two sessions a day. And then in the in-between, I was like, you know, living my life, which was, which was interesting because it was so intense. And then I was like, now we're making peanut butter sandwich. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, and Jill, among other things is a yoga teacher. Um, and so there was like some, some body, some like focus on movement and falling into the body. And then there was, um, you know, Liz would take us on journey. And anyway, the kind of perhaps most poignant moment for me was it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And on the Friday night, um, I took the journey and it was like a, it ended up feeling like akin to like a difficult plant medicine journey, I would imagine. Mm, You mean like a, this is this is a oversimplification and I think can be what's the word for it? there's a little trite but like would you say like kind of like a bad trip what you imagine a bad trip would be like um I don't think so because when I imagine a bad trip I imagine like it starts to get scary and then you get really graspy and controlling and that's what would make it quote-unquote uh-huh. bad this felt like oh you're this trip is in and for the kind of i was not taking drugs but right. like you, we all know the mushroom shows up show up for me anyway so yep. mm-hmm. um it was more like this is a trip into darkness mm-hmm. and so a different version of me would have been grasping and controlling but instead i was like you know i was 
I understood what was happening on some, but I was like, I was, I was soft in it, even as it was mm-hmm. deeply. Yeah. Which I think cause... speaks a lot to your spiritual work. I think, yeah. you know, that's like, especially anyone who knew me 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Or, but, or, or anyone though, like when you're, cause it's scary. Right. And it can feel really difficult. So like, if you can, the, the answer always is is like to surrender and accept and be gentle um yeah and I've often wondered like I know those things intellectually but I've always wondered like uh it's been a minute since I've had an, a psychedelic experience where it was like negative and mm. so I haven't had the chance to like see practice but, like, for, yeah practice right. yeah but like but yeah. I'm like oh yeah if that happens like I wonder if I will be able to like let go and yeah 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 so so and it also feels like that's something that's like there's always an edge on right so it's like I had I was able to be more or less like present in the darkness and also yeah I don't know maybe there's another edge where I'm like graspy and controlling I'm sure and I will it's not that I wasn't without my graspy controlling it just was like at all I could also be soft at the same time so anyways basically what happened was in the journey which I I uh did just before I went to sleep so then it also basically the journey like lasted all night (laughs) was the other thing right it wasn't just like the hour-long recording it was like oh and now this is your whole night's sleep um was shame it was this really profound experience of like you know falling into shame and part of the the journey that Liz led us on was about like coming into this like dark kind of the way she was describing it was this like safe and warm and comfortable room and for me it was just like everything but shame like this really really potent profound intense experience of feeling shame and what we know from shame, if you like to like zoom out for a minute and think about Brene Brown, is that guilt is the idea that you have done something bad and shame is the idea that you are bad. And I think it is one of the most profoundly uncomfortable experiences, emotions to feel, if not the most uncomfortable, because it's literally the idea that you like are unlovable, are like are are fundamentally broken and wrong and bad and like and um And I think we all spend a tremendous amount of effort going out of our way to feel shame at any and all costs, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I think we, I think a lot of our disassociation is, is an avoidance of shame. I think a lot of our disconnection from ourselves is an avoidance of feeling. I mean, we might also be avoiding anger and guilt and all these other things, but I think. Shame is like the root, there's a root. It's like really tied up in there with fear as well. And I think the thing about shame is like everybody, I think it's really pervasive i think uh i don't again i guess i'll say at least in western culture because i think we have systems in place where we are just it's just indoctrinated into us whether we like Mm. it or not regardless of how even if you have like the most ideal upbringing in the world there's still capitalism (laughs) you know what i mean like there's still colonialism there's still all there's still the patriarchy so like Mm -hmm. it's really just like it's I, I say this to say I think shame is a really important topic because no one is um 
immune immune to it and if you think that you are I think it's unconscious (laughs) yeah yeah I think I think so too I think so too and um and I I mean this this is a sidebar now a part of me is curious of like asking you yeah just I'm kind of curious do you see differences in like how shame might show up culturally like in America versus Taiwan yeah for sure um yeah because I was gonna say like it's 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 okay so uh eastern eastern asian culture shares a lot with like american culture in that there is a lot of like there is capitalism run supreme there's a like this work ethic is like people work themselves to the bone in asia and wear mm. it as a badge of confidence and i don't think it's as widespread yet mm. what america is i think the awakening that america has had of like I don't want to fucking hustle my entire mm. life. And I don't wear that as a, as like a, a, a badge of honor. Um, yeah. But there are things that like, I don't know how to explain it. There's ways where it doesn't show up as much in Asian culture. Like, uh, little, little things. I think I've talked about this before. There's less shame about like, weird bodily like not, not i would say bodily functions mm, mm-hmm. there's less shame about being older i think mm. age because there's just such an emphasis on like we really respect our elders mm. <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. there's less shame about there's this really interesting thing what i think i've talked about before where like in asian culture it's very common for people to comment on your body weight and they just say like hey it, it's 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 almost said lovingly sometimes like oh you've gained weight you've gained weight and coming from a western society it can be really jarring because mm. real like if you're really ashamed of something you don't speak about it right if there's yes. like this is one of the things like the the less available you are to speak to something the higher exactly the higher their shame wrapped around exactly, it exactly exactly yeah. and so, so it's like it might not be comfortable but it's perhaps less coded with shame because it's like we can at least we can at least like speak well that's to what bodies. i'm saying i think it's only uncomfortable for me because i'm coming mm. from i mean I, my my taiwanese cousins don't love it either but i think the the root of it is that like people will say that you've gotten fat because they're not judging it as such a bad thing like really mm. in the back in the back in the back in the day it was like oh yeah the fatter you were like the more prosperous you, you were more prosperous right because people right. were poor and eating food so like people will say it because they don't really give a shit <laughs> like they're not mm. there to actually shame you they're just like yeah you've gotten fat but like you don't go up to people in america and say oh you've gotten fat oh my god no, <laughs> no i can't even imagine <laughs> Like if you gain weight and you go back to Taiwan, you will hear it from every single fucking relative. And like even the, your hairdresser, your hairdresser oh will be like, "Oh yeah, you." You've got... Oh my god, that's so yeah. funny. But yeah. but that I think the root of that is because there isn't as much shame around it. Like mm. kind of what you're speaking to. So yeah, does that, I think yeah does that answer your question? It does. Yeah, it just I mean it's just like a kind of curious reflection. Obviously, like I only know America, you know. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but uh, like, so sorry, this is a bit of a tangent, but I, I was always really struck by the story of the Dalai Lama, where when he first started coming to America, um, people would come and ask him questions about like, what do I do with like self-hate, self-criticism, like the shame. And he had a really hard time understanding the concept because he didn't, 
wasn't grown up. He didn't, he wasn't raised with that. He didn't understand it. And like, obvi- and obviously his work has changed a lot. And he talks about a lot now because he sees that this is a pervasive problem in a lot of cultures. But like, I think there are cultures where it's just not as ubiquitous. Well, it's interesting too, because no, this is going on like a total tangent, but that's one of the things that I've been kind of quietly ruminating on is like, what are all the, what are all the ways that we move through the world? Because we understand it as the only available option, right? It's like, you can only see what you have been trained to see. And so what are the ways in which like, take capitalism, for example, like it's, it's all, we don't really know, at least, you know, in America, like we don't really know another way of building an economy. And so even if we might want to like do something different, or we might think that it's bad or broken. It's hard to actually even imagine a different way just because we haven't experienced it. And this is kind of my point about when I got started taking like ADHD meds was I was like, oh my fucking God, I didn't understand that I could like just focus, yes, yes. <laughs> right? That I, that I didn't have to feel like my head was full of bees 24 seven, mm-hmm. right? And um, and so, so in some ways I think like you can't know your contortions until you get a, break from them and so that was kind of what was potent about this experience so so can i can i interject for a second i just have to say because i feel very strongly about this like kylie this is my whole this is my whole thing like my whole life is Mm. revolved around understanding that like i can't see what i can't see and so i'm trying to break i think that's what the matrix is it's like you're trying to fucking there's a different way and you have some inkling that it could be different but you're not exactly sure how because no one's ever shown it to you yet and so i like i feel very just worked us about this because I'm always trying to be like I know there's a fucking different way but I haven't seen it yet so like but I'm but I fucking know and I think that I feel that way about a lot a lot of things I mean that I think this can be applied to every facet of our life from like the the minuscule to like the big 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 and consciousness like that's what conscious like breaking through your consciousness right is like yes oh I didn't know there's this whole other way of existing or or how I felt when I was looking into like living in a commune. And then when I researched, I didn't, I had no access to it because I don't know anyone who's done done it. And then I like started researching it and I was like, what the fuck? There's millions of people out there doing this. And they were showing me a different way of what's possible, but I just didn't have access to it because no one in my, my world. I mean, this is also exactly what I think about like mysticism and magic. Like, yeah, I, we can change your whole life instantly, but also you have to believe that it, you have to believe it. And also yeah. like, yeah, like and having go on a, a Having yeah. an example of it is is helpful. That's why I think people love traveling because you literally get out of your bubble and your mind is blown because you're so steeped in just mm-hmm. the what you take to be status, to just like the norm. And you yeah. realize like, wow, my world is so small. Yeah. And, uh, and I also think, I think that part of the way we can unpack or uncover what might be possible is also to get real fucking clear on what already is. So mm-hmm. this was my experience of like being in the shame room. This is like really intense experience of being in shame was like, oh, this has been my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I'm aware, like I taught, the very first workshop I ever taught in my entire life was like, was about shame. It was like literally like three people signed up for it because I called it, I called it like a, you know, free from shame <laughs> yeah. workshop or something yeah. really oh. catchy, right? <laughs> I've taught two separate workshops, free workshops that are called money and shame, right? Like it's the thing that like, you know, uh, people don't run towards. (laughs) It turns out, turns out, I mean, Brene Brown's making it work. So I have confidence. I have hope for myself, but like, um, 
she has that really funny line that she's like it's a, that's like her that when she doesn't want to talk to people at the airport or like you know i mean now she's probably so famous that but she would just be like oh yeah i'm a shame researcher and people yeah. would just shut right up yep 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 <laughs> yeah. um yeah here sorry I, I keep interjecting but again i feel like this is important i just want to make it very clear like you are in many ways i think an expert on understanding shame like like and what i'm hearing you say is like you like you're an expert on this and also you, there's still stuff that you are that you were seeing this weekend that you didn't see before because um, i think that's actually how it works i actually think the more it's not that like oh i'm i'm really good at this and i'm still seeing other things i think it's like no actually the more aware you become the more refined and the more calibrated your perspective becomes and you see something even more clearly that you probably couldn't have seen five years yeah. ago. Well, I, I've i been using the phrase lately, like infinite goes in every direction. So like, like there's an infinite possibility, there's infinite, there's an infinite understanding and experience of shame, just as much as there is an infinite experience, understanding of like joy and ecstasy and like pick any other direction or thing. And so, yeah, it's not like, okay like check i figured out shame right um and also you know not everyone has to make this their you know your great teacher might be anger or your great teacher might be um joy despair, or, or yeah. right like yeah exactly like there might be not everyone has to get into the shame boat but also you're already in it because you're human right <laughs> so like we might as well under like understand it and so anyway so i i and so this was also my experience in this in this retreat this weekend was also very much like connected to ancestry like my grandmother and my mom really strong every single time i did a session ex like except for one um birdie came running in at, at one point like it was like so like and she doesn't do that when i like she was so present in it i was like very clearly like like this like lineage of women in my life and um and and this feeling of like we're getting into too many details. Like I cooked myself in shame, like in, in being born, right? Like the, 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 the circumstances of like how Kylie Caldwell entered the world from like zero to two, um, or, you know, had a tremendous amount of, um, like the, the flavor is shame. Right. Um, and, uh, and the people in my life who 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 have loved me and shown up for me from that, you know, my, my mom, my grandmother, my grandparents, like I have been surrounded by love my whole life. And also I, I cooked myself in shame, right? Like meaning like, because I do believe we kind of like pick mm -hmm. <laughs> what we're experiencing. Yeah. And so I, I, I picked a flavor that was like, you know, uh, that this would be my experience. And what I saw so clearly this weekend, which I have also seen again before, was like, yeah, I picked, I cooked myself in shame so I could fucking break it. Mm -hmm. And this like really clear awareness of like, this was my choice because I also always knew that it was mine to undo. Mm, yeah, that's really beautiful. And, <laughs> but before it got really beautiful, it was real fucking bleak, everybody. <laughs> Can you talk about that for a second? Because like, yeah. what do you okay, mean? So, like, what does that yeah. look like? What does that feel like if you could describe it? Yeah, um, it was like, okay, so I'm, on, I, I'm in this journey and then the journey leads into like all night sleeping, which was like this like in and out. Usually I'm like asleep and I'm out, but this yeah. was like really this like, like this, you know, almost like a lucid dream state, only I wasn't in control. But um, 
I all I could feel was shame. It was like, so Liz like takes us in the journey. Like we're in this room and it's like described as like this, like cozy safe room. And it was like every, the flavor of the room, like everything in this space was just the felt experience of shame, Mm -hmm. which is like, again, this feeling of like, you are so profoundly like not good. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And you just want to like hide for me. It's like, yeah, like, your whole body just like recoils, right? And so I had this like visual of like everything being like, like shards of glass, like almost like thorns, like from like a, um, like a fairy tale, you know, like, but it was like all like these like thorns of glass everywhere in the whole room. And, um, and so there was like nowhere for me to go and just looping in this feeling of like, of shame and the inescapability of it, Mm. right? Like the feeling of like, uh, like, I don't know if you ever have this, but sometimes when I will have these kind of mystical moments when I'm like putting Birdie to bed and I'm like, the only thing in the world, the only thing that exists is me holding Birdie in this room right now. Nothing else outside of this exists, mm-hmm. right? Like we have these. Yeah. And so what I was having, which is like, that's really sweet and transcendent. What I was having was like the only thing that exists forever and ever and ever is me in this room of shame. Whoa. And there is no escape. And death is not an escape because it's just because it's also an illusion and it's just me and shame. And I am just feeling it forever and ever 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 and ever. I mean, you had the fear. Was it like an intellectual? It wasn't. No, it was. There was not a lot of intellectual happening. That's why it feels very like it felt very trippy because it was just like I just had the like this like felt sense of like everything is forever and everything is infinite. And so this is also forever and infinite. And you can't you can't escape shame. Mm. you can't escape your own darkness right you cannot actually escape the things that you keep fucking running from like there is like that was my feeling was like what is my greatest fear what is the thing that i am like recoiling from constantly shame what is the thing that i cannot actually ever escape shame Mm. because you can't fucking escape yourself existing you can't escape the, the the spectrum of the whole human experience if you want to live a whole life. But even not even if you want to live, because like just you can't escape. Like, okay, this is gonna sound weird and kind of bleak, but like if you wanna like if you wanna live a full life, then yes, you have to lean into these things and like make peace with them, and blah, blah, blah. But also like there is no escape. Like all of my 20s when I wasn't particularly I mean, I wasn't like a hot mess, but I also wasn't particularly conscious or aware. Like, there was shame. Mm-hmm. There was no escaping shame in that, right? I wasn't living as rich a life as I am now. And also, like, I wasn't escaping shit. I was trying to, right? I had a lot of, like, tricks and tools that I thought were helping me escape, yeah. including a chronic anxiety condition. Mm-hmm. But, like, I wasn't, like, you can't escape. When you say you can't escape, though, you mean... As a human being, you will have this experience as and like it, it's intrinsic to the human experience. Is I think what, what I was feeling that uh, on Friday night was like, you are having this experience. Mm. Like you are right now having this experience of shame, grief, fear, even as you are also having this experience of like joy and exit, blah, 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 blah. Like mm-hmm. you are right now having shame I, I don't I don't know how else to describe this is where I'm like I don't know if I can have words but mm-hmm. 
it wasn't even like, oh, you will. It was like, it is. It is. It already fucking is. And yeah. so stop with your stupid tricks like you're going to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. So it was brutal. Okay. Wait. So lots, <laughs> lots of thoughts here. So it, okay. this has a happy ending, guys. Just like for those of you who are like, I'm turning this off. I can't do it. <laughs> Stay with me. Stay with me. No. Yeah. I mean, to me, I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know, know because you're do, perverse do, in the same way as me. So you're like, like yeah. oh yeah, I'm totally. I'm <laughs> yeah, perverse. I was like, I'm sitting here being like, I I love this, but you're right. I got maybe I don't know. If people will, like turn. I don't think hello universe listeners turn That's away true. from this. That's true. Okay. I just wanted to like dangle yeah. a little hope. Yes, yes. Um, because <laughs> this is the paradox, though, and I want you to like correct me if you think you know, or let me know if you disagree. Because this is this is the. <sighs> This is the paradox. It's like, it almost sounds like to me by, when you said that though, this idea of like, and I felt it in my body, like you can't escape shame. Like this is it. And yeah, not even thinking about if you want to be a good person, not trying to make it into like, or have have a full life or like not about the future. It's just like, this is. That, it, I felt it. And then I felt relief. Mm-hmm. And then I felt liberated because I was like, because this is always the journey, right? It's the paradox of once I accept what is, then I'm free. Yeah. And and so I guess in a way I'm like, but, you, but isn't that kind of escaping it? It's just that you're not efforting to escape it. It's just like a, a natural, um, like the dam is open and all the, like you just, just like relief. And so I think in a way, I think there is a way of escaping it. The escaping it is really just to be with it. And also- the tricky part is, and we've talked about this on the show before, you can't do that with an agenda. Like you can never be like, oh, well, let me be with it so that I can get rid of it because that's not actually really, in my experience, anyway, it's like, you know, as I talked about before, one of my mentors calls it doing to get. You can't do it mm-hmm. to get something because then you're, it, it, it just doesn't work. Yeah, that's interesting. I agree. And I also, I agree sometimes that's like the carrot that can get my brain to like point the ship in the right direction like I think you're right that you can't do it again and also like if your desire is to be free like right there's a way that there's a way that if I get graspy about like well I can't do it again and then I'm like but I really want to be free of this and then I can feel kind of like like I'll make my desire to be free wrong does that make sense (laughs) <laughs> sorry i'm laughing because this is just getting really, really i know really, i know really we're like, we're yes. like it makes it makes sense because then you're like no and i was actually just about to say i'm happy that you brought that up because i was because th- this is where it gets really trippy because it's just a constant accepting and loving what is and being mm-hmm. with what is because because then the moment I, what i was going to say is you can't do to get but also you will do that and it's totally okay because we're human so and then you're like okay I am doing to get and what if we accept that I am doing to get then you're then again it's the I just it's room for everything then again you're right back into this center place of love really because you're just like yeah and this is true too and this is true Mm -hmm. too and how do I know that I'm supposed to be feeling this way because I do (laughs) like if Mm -hmm. we are experiencing it then it's not wrong. Mm. But I, but where I have gotten tripped up when I say like, like we can't do it with an agenda is when I'm like, 
God. And this, and this is just, it's hilarious every time I try to do it because I see how, yeah, there's a little bit of manipulation there where I'm like, I'm going, I'm trying to think of an example, just going back to shame. I'll be like, I'm going to feel my shame so that I don't have to feel it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then when it, do- if it doesn't work, then I get mad and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, well that didn't fucking work. Like, oh, blah, blah. and then, uh, and, and I almost, then I get into victim mode because mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh, well, what, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like, I'm the one who's suffering and, uh, like there's kind yeah, of, why this, did like, I choose that? Right. Right. Yeah. It's like grattiness yes. where I feel really yeah. helpless. Yeah. And that's like a shitty feeling. Um, yeah. And also sometimes it feels like me holding my hand to be like, okay, we can do this. Like we can go do, we can go sit in the, in the, in the pain or the discomfort. Like, um, um, yeah. I mean, I think it's funny. I mean, this, like, this is both of our medicine, right? This is both our medicine for ourselves and also the medicine that we offer the world. And here we are speaking to how, like, it's fucking complicated, you know? And so (laughs) if this was complicated for you, listener, like it is right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it really is. And part of, I think the reason why it is, is because as I can attest, (laughs) like some of the, like, like to stick with the theme of shame, like, Shame is fucking brutal. I mean, like my like physic, I felt physically uncomfortable. Like I can, like, like it is for me. It, shame is just very much this, like, feeling of this, like, recoiling and tightly curling in, and like just, just slime in the belly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I and like, it makes me feel like I don't want to exist. Really, is when I yes. think of shame. So and so, okay, this is this was the this was the profound the profoundness of the experience is like yeah shame for me very much is the feeling of like i would prefer not to exist and so this this dual sense of like i would prefer not to exist and also escape is impossible mm-hmm. was what made it so brutal right like that's what made the experience so torturous was like um shame is often the feeling of like you know would like to just not be here which is like like erase erase me yeah and also the feeling of like that doesn't even change anything you're still mm-hmm. in the shame room even if you cease to exist you actually still exist in the shame room um being somehow like forced me somehow to be in it for so much longer with such great intensity <laughs> that I woke up the next morning and I messaged, you know, I messaged Jill and Liz and was like, what fucking dummy, meaning me, picked the darkness and as her thing? <laughs> right? Like, this is hell. Because I also had the sense when I woke up in the, oh, because this was the thing. So Liz, like, channels this whole journey. And the very last line of it is, um, uh, this is your initiation. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, as soon as i heard that i was so mad because i just had the sense of like yeah you you, this is this is what you chose right because i think someone else could take liz's journey and have this like incredibly peaceful like experience of like softening into the darkness in themselves right which is often what i but anyways she ended with the phrase this is your initiation and i was like i've done this to myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah you know, mm-hmm. um, but can I ask, so you, to clarify more, cause you were starting to yeah. talk about like how this showed up, like mm-hmm. what does it, you know, how does it feel and how to show up? So you talked about like 
a sleepless night, meaning like you woke up and then you just like felt shame. And then also like, how was it when you're interacting with your family in the morning mm-hmm. or like at night? Like what was yeah, that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody's so, really curious why, how that felt. Yeah. So it was not, it was like sleepless. So just for context, normally I'm someone who goes to sleep, barely remembers her dreams and then wakes up in the morning. And then every once in a while I can, I will have like, you know, regular dreams. And then sometimes I also have dreams that feel really like, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it feels like I'm like having a really spiritual experience in my sleep. And I often only remember bits and pieces, if any of it, but I will wake up feeling like something big happened in my mm-hmm. sleep and I will feel different the next yeah. day. Um, little tip to everybody. I'm a big fan of setting an intention before you go to bed. If something like big has churned up for you and you've like witnessed a pattern, say, I love setting the intention to be like, okay, everybody, you all can deal with this while I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. I do the <laughs> same thing. My favorite thing to do. Yeah. So so it was like that. It was like I was having this really kind of profound spiritual experience in my sleep. And so I was like asleep and not asleep all night rather than like actively waking up mm-hmm. rather than like, I wasn't like, I like wasn't in my body I was really just like on this journey all night yeah Yeah. um and so there was um I wasn't I didn't wake up physically tired Mm -hmm. but I woke up still like in it if that makes sense yeah yeah um and so when I woke up the next morning I wasn't feeling so so the, the feeling in the journey and throughout my sleep all night was like just this like recoiling slimy I'd rather not exist and also escape is not an option. Everything, everything forever in the infinite is shame. Um, and and some part of me had a sense of like, like you could and like being really alone. That was the other, that was the other mm-hmm. subtext. And I was like, some part of me that was like, there's another option, and also it's entirely unavailable in, in this mm-hmm. moment, right? Mm-hmm. And so I woke up the next morning and I was just in a terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was just really angry um, and also really sad. It was also when I woke up the next morning it was also the one year anniversary of when my mentor Will died, mm. um, which was convenient to just explain why I was in such a weird fucking mood to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I don't have to explain to you about my, you know, trippy night. I can just. You know, yeah, say it's, yeah, say it's this. Chalk it up to Will, and also was like, "Thanks for this, Will. Really, really yeah, appreciate exactly this." That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> yeah. Um. And yeah, and so I just was like cranky, and what would I got like really mad at my son, and like just like like I I was just like, uh. Like I was mad, like my feelings were hurt by my five-year-old. You know what I mean? Like, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like my feelings are really hurt. And I like had to like walk away and, you know, we were fine. And, you know, um, but I just was like tender. Everything felt on, un- everything felt uncomfortable and unpleasant. Yeah. Even as I also felt like in it and alive. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you know what I mean? Yep, like it didn't feel like it didn't feel like disassociation. It didn't feel like, it just felt like, yeah, I'm, oh, like, like it was really clear to me when I was upset at Desi that I was like, oh, my feelings are hurt. I'm hurt by my five-year-old. And I can like, maybe as an adult recognize he's five and didn't, you know, whatever, (laughs) but maybe in other 
experiences where I was less aware, I wouldn't have seen how much it was like, oh, I'm just hurt. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think these feel, these situations where there's a heightened sense of anything makes you feel very aware and mm-hmm. alive, which can be great, actually. Yeah. 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 And anyway, then we, we had the like the next, the follow-up session. Uh, and I had I had sent them both. I was like, okay, I'm I am in it. And so we started. And they just kind of like really held space for me um, in a really beautiful way. And then we went on another journey that was like really nourishing. And I was like joking that it was like my rescue mission, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and so things started to like shift from that point on and like space, different space started showing up. And like instantly it was like paradox instantly in the like rescue mission journey was like, oh, you can't escape and also you can leave. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um I mean mm, sorry, go ahead. I can I can unpack that up, but I want to hear you what you want to say. Um yeah, I mean, like it's funny, like that was like that was like one of the first instructions. Like you can't escape, but you can leave. Because escape is it's escape is disassociation. Escape is pretending that the shame room doesn't ex- exist. Escape is like cutting off your arm and then pretending you never had an arm right like escape is not actually an option and the further you fall into what is the more fucking sovereignty you have to choose Mm -hmm. yeah right and so in I want to say my willingness to sit with shame, but I don't know how much like I consciously chose it Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my like in being pulled so deep into like the experience of shame again, which I'm already pretty intimate with. Mm -hmm. um, I then like then felt it was like it was like I gifted myself the experience of sitting with the depths of how fucking brutal shame and my own experience and the shame that I carry in my body is and also in bearing witness to it that deeply I then had that much agency to fucking leave Mm -hmm. even as also I do think there is a part of like I do believe in the the infinite like all like I'm all things at all times in all ways right so I can go back to the shame room forever but now I, I I feel liberated in a really different kind of way, specifically from the pattern of recoiling. Mm-hmm. Because what I saw really clearly, and again, have known and then just saw more clearly, is like, if everything is shame, then love is shame. Mm-hmm. If, 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 if the white noise in the background of your life is shame, which to some extent I actually think is true for most of us because to your point, it's what we've all been cooked in. Then everything is either shame or the threat of shame, right? And so you have to recoil from love because it's only a matter of time until it turns into an opportunity for you to experience shame. Mm -hmm. You have to recoil from receiving. You have to recoil from your own joy. You have to recoil from ecstasy. You have to recoil from pleasure. You have to recoil from um, peace, because all of these things that we seemingly want are also just an opportunity for greater shame. And so we just recoil from existing into the kind of like 
frenetic disassociative pacing that mm-hmm. is i think most you know yeah not uncommon constant the constant doing i think the constant act yes. of seeing and doing energy rather than just being energy mm-hmm. which is like a survival technique yeah because right? it's a sense of control yes <laughs> um and and is like keeping you from feeling because what you because remember you, a long time i was years ago it was this summer it felt like years ago when i was talking about like joy being uncomfortable and you were like can you say more about that mm-hmm. yeah. this is what i was speaking to that i i didn't quite have language to mm-hmm. is like because for me again i don't think i'm unique uh shame is so inter has been so interwoven with all of my like that lens of the like lens of me out in the world that like love and joy came coated with shame mm-hmm. and so i ha- like like in order to stay safe i just had to recoil mm-hmm. from how much i could let in at any given moment because it was gonna hurt but i could let like a little joy in because i can mm-hmm. i can i can be i can sit with a little bit of shame mm-hmm. but i couldn't let like a whole shitload of joy come in mm-hmm. because then i'm just gonna feel that much more discomfort so then is the happy ending then you know because we've talked about this before like you can't numb a positive or negative feeling without numbing a positive feeling Mm -hmm. so is it like that now really what i hear your experience of is like maybe not having to be so afraid of shame basically instead of shame being a victim to shame or being powerless towards shame. I think this like, I just think of it as shame is like this black cloud that just like, or have you seen the show Big Mouth by any chance? No. It's a, it's a cartoon. Okay. Well, hopefully some of you listeners out there have seen the show because it's fucking hilarious. It's also like ridiculously inappropriate, but um, it's all genius. Okay. So I'll just go into a little bit of a explanation about the show because I think it's worth it. It's about, um, it's a cartoon. It's about kids gr- run by, like made by a bunch of comedians. It's about, adolescents and people growing mm-hmm. up and like hitting puberty and dealing with hormones and they have these different caricatures for all the different things that we experience there's like a hormone monster there's a depression kitty and then there's like a shame wizard and the shame wizard is just like all just in these like black cloaks and he's like british and just like ghost-like and he's he's the shame wizard and he just comes over you and just is looming mm. and you feel powerless to shame and anyway but what i'm it's just such a great euphemism for this and or like an example. So what I'm hearing you say is like, instead of feeling like you're powerless to it, um, you don't have to be so afraid of it so that you can let in the big joy because you're not so afraid of the shame that might also be on the other side of that. Um, Sort of. I think those aren't exactly the words from my own experience, although I, that I could, that I think makes a lot of sense. I think my experience with shame has been less of powerlessness and more of this kind of like frantic escape seeking. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I think for me, powerlessness, which I'm also familiar with, is this feeling of like despair and like hopelessness of like, not you know, I've got a despair room too. Don't worry. Right. We all have these, but like, it's this sense of like, nothing can change. So why even bother? Like, right. The Mm -hmm. kind of like victim space. And for me, shame brings up more of a feeling of just this like panic like Mm -hmm. like this like like that's the that's the that was the the allure of escape right is like 
just like get out just get out just get out just get out just get out because mm-hmm. because this feeling it like you will cease to like it will kill you you'll cease to exist yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah um um and so like real like kind of graspy controlling frenetic energy more than like for me power powerlessness feels like like um yeah like just this despondency where i can't do anything and this mm-hmm. is like almost like the opposite it's like do 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 don't stop doing don't stop doing mm-hmm. <laughs> um um and i think i think it just feels like something unlocked for me because i i forced myself to do the very thing that i have spent 37 years maybe a millennia avoiding which is witnessing the extent of shame while also knowing like oh again it's infinite like there's like but we have perhaps we probably we've actually only scratched the surface even as even as um you know it felt like it felt tremendous so um so i think it feels more like uh yeah like in doing the very thing that i have spent a lifetime avoiding unconsciously mm-hmm. like a space just cracked open because i don't like now i feel like the invitation for me is to learn how to not recoil right because that is like that has been the knee jerk reaction yeah. not recoil meaning you can you can leave like you it, there's because when you say there's you're leaving and instead of escaping to me that denotes a sense of like there is personal power there there's a choice mm. like that's what you were saying like that that is when we are free it's like you're no longer doing it as compulsively you're, there's a choice and yes. so you aren't powerless and so yeah I don't know I feel like yes. all of this kind of ties together yes 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 and I think like the biggest the biggest thing I've been observing since this experience is all the ways in which I have flinched away from things that are full of love mm-hmm. like I've shared before on the podcast that like years ago uh it was my birthday and a bunch of people sent me like happy birthday messages and I literally couldn't open them mm-hmm. like I literally like my whole like and I can now witness that it was it was this recoiling from shame because like I could not open people sending me these messages to be like hey I love you I'm glad that you were born mm-hmm. right um and and so I think now my medicine feels like it's like watching where my knee-jerk reaction would be to be would be to recoil from something that is love and let myself sit in it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, that's yeah. Because I think that's the irony, right? Is like <laughs> you think you for me, it's like oh, I, I think I've actually gotten pretty good at sitting in the darkness. And so now I get an opportunity to like sit in the things that are nourishing. Well, mm-hmm. Again, I think darkness is nourishing, but like sit in the things that I I've, I think I've developed a capacity to sit with the things that really fucking scare me. And now it's like, okay, great. Now sit with the things that are, that scare you because they're so fucking great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not flinch away from from that. Anyway. I don't know. I mean, I think that's really beautiful. It feels really big. 
I mean, I sense that it is, and I have actually seen. Yeah, I I think just from how are you know our we've been doing this podcast for what three years now? Yeah, three years, yeah. and so you know I've seen different the ways the different ways in which this shows up in your life, and I think that this is big, and I can, you know, I I can recognize that so many things that language is limited, and so even processing this through a podcast doesn't do it justice because what I mm-hmm. think is probably like it's ha- it's changing you on a molecular mm-hmm. level because that's oftentimes how it's happening. But but yeah, I, I do remember that one time that, you know, we had this conversation about, yeah, I think we, we've talked about this on the podcast, talking about how I loved you, even though like something didn't get done or something. I don't even remember now. So it was so small. Oh, I remember because I think I'll remember forever. Like, <laughs> Where we were talking about, like, you know, the logistics of the show, right? Right. And like me, like you having asked me to do something and me having not done it and 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 feeling like my feeling of being like, well, with, unconsciously, right? It's like, well, Eva hates me forever now. I'm going to be alone. And right, I was in my shame room and you were like, I, I love, I, I forget even, you just like basically said like, my love for you is not connected to whether or not you sent the thing like yeah. I you know uh and it like broke my brain <laughs> right you were just like yeah I love you unconditionally and also we're having a conversation about like disappointment but the two are unconnected and my brain exploded and I sobbed yeah. you know like yeah. because what you gifted me in this moment is like in that moment was like yeah people love you unconditionally mm-hmm yeah. And that being a thing, and like that is true. Like my mother and my father, a thousand percent, love me unconditionally. And also, I couldn't actually understand that to be true. Yeah, yeah. You didn't believe that, and then when you experienced it, you were like, <laughs> it was like, um, almost. And I'm speaking from my own experience now. Whenever I've been in that experience, it's like it's almost too much. It's because you're like. It's yeah, it's too, too much love kind mm. of in a way. And, or like, and that, and that I do deserve to be loved unconditionally, which is the exact opposite of what shame is. Shame says yeah. it's all conditional. Right. And so, um, and that I actually am loved unconditionally. And then our heart just like breaks open. Cause we're like, oh my God, that's so much to hold, like going back to the joy, like that's, when I'm kind of bringing this up because it's like so much to hold and so much love that you just like just for me I'll just like start like burst out crying because that joy there's like connection there between that joy and that shame yeah yeah because like we're carrying this idea that uh how do I even put this into words it's like we have been gifted this trend we've been given this transactional operating system right that it's like Everything is this for that. Everything is conditional. Everything is like, um, you know, oh, people love me because I take care of them or people love me because I'm funny or like whatever the thing is. Right. And it's like, I mean, to zoom out, even I think I think this is this is the toxicity of original sin. Right. It's like that there is something fundamentally broken with you that you need to rectify. And if you rectify it, then you can get into heaven. Mm -hmm. But you aren't inherently worthy already. You are inherent, like you are born broken. Mm -hmm. And then maybe if you like earn 
and like penance and prostrate yourself enough, then you can have unconditional love, which is therefore not actually fucking unconditional, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that I think we are all railing against without knowing it's what we're railing against. It's just, um, yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. So I, the way that I talk about this, because this, this comes up in a lot of my work, not surprisingly, because shame mm-hmm. is inherent to everything, but the language that I often use for it is like, um, is like the fact that we believe that we're in here. Like I call it badness, this fear that mm-hmm. we are inherently bad or broken in some way, mm-hmm. which is just another way of talking about shame. Um, but this just this comes up a lot. I mean, so I did a course, and I'm gonna do this again because it was just like such a powerful experience. But the course is course for people who, uh, for kind of like the Al-Anon adjacent community, people who in were in relationship or loved people who were struggling with addiction. And one of the whole one of the whole weeks that we focused on was this idea of original sin versus original purity, mm. and how I think that this was a module that really had a huge effect on a lot of the participants because they were like, I didn't know that I was just holding on so uh, consistently to this feeling of badness. Like, I think that I am bad and broken. So we're constantly trying to just mold, mold ourselves and change ourselves and contort ourselves. And so to, to make sure that we are worthy of Mm -hmm. this existence. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, I, I, you know, you shared about your experience of shame as like this constant doing. And I think that there is that, like that I just spoke to, like we are tr- so trying not to be bad that we'll do anything that we can to be good. But I, for, but I, and I, and I feel that 100%. And I, and going back to this idea of like, um, I think I, what I, did, I think I said earlier, powerlessness, is that mm. the word that I used? I think. I sometimes I think what that I think what I'm trying to avoid often is powerlessness. Meaning, mm. I because if I don't try to be good, then what I'm going to realize is that there's a couple of things that I actually am bad, which mm-hmm. is true, by the way. Like yeah. that's that's the other piece of liberation here is that like that's you know if I am good, then I'm also bad. That's just the, that's just tr- the reality. Um, but like. Once I realize that there's nothing I can do, like it's just never a fucking ending, and I will never be able to be good enough, like good as in like morally good. Yeah. Um. Then I'm like, then I do feel powerless, and then I when I was talking about how I don't want to exist, it, I just feel like I go into like a goop, a goopy yeah. like puddle, and I, I have the vision of myself in deep shame as I'm literally just there lying in fetal position on the floor just like disgusted with myself oh. and I'm just like like I don't even deserve to exist and I'm just a piece of shit essentially and mm-hmm. I'm like and it does feel like power like that's the feeling that I'm constantly mm-hmm. trying to avoid because it's so sad and disgusting and heartbreaking that I don't want to feel that way I don't want to like maybe acknowledge that I am bad and so that's that's where then the frenetic energy mm. like comes from. And it's both. It's all of it. It's like the frenetic 
energy and it's just the avoidance of being with the feeling of being bad and honestly like a lot of that work is for me has just been like being with the feeling that I am bad mm. I mean yeah I I love everything you just like that's why I call my retreats monster school right yeah. because it's like you like there's something there's something so liberating in like how do I break the paradigm of proving that I'm good? I just acknowledge that I'm also bad. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm monster. I'm selfish. Like mm-hmm. I am selfish. And in owning that and in letting that exist and not trying to prove that it's wrong, guess what fucking shows up? Generosity. Mm-hmm. That's like a real, genuine, potent, rich experience of generosity because it's not proving anything. Yeah. It just exists. Yeah. And I would say, yeah, generosity and also um, honesty mm. and, and therefore empowerment, because I'm like, I don't have to hide pieces of who I am. And uh, and then that is the, the how that's so liberating is that when I'm honest with people about how and who I am, um, I'm actually just so much more authentic and I'm actually more available for people rather than less. Cause when I feel like I'm trying to contort myself or like, I don't, I can't just be honest about who I am that I'm constantly like, even if it's just like 1%, but I'm, there's like a little bit of just, um, yeah. Contortion that happens. Yeah. In front of yeah. people. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, yeah. um, and the, and the millions of tiny ways that we consciously and subconsciously are contorting like just make us so tired <laughs> yes no yes because that was the other experience that I had so the first this was the second of five journeys was my shame room and the first journey was Jill led us in this really really beautiful deep movement practice and all I could feel was like this bone weary exhaustion mm. like the kind of tiredness that also felt inescapable but in a different kind of way it was just like i am so tired oh like, I I, like my soul that, is tired feel it mm-hmm. i can feel that tired because and i think that is like and I, actually the way that i'm feeling it as like that is the fatigue of like every i wouldn't say like woman mm. that's what i'm feeling right now who is constantly trying to, yeah, do all, I don't know. I feel it so much. Like I can't even explain it. The, the people pleasing or the, um, even just being caretakers. Yeah. Yeah. The compulsive, yeah. The compulsive need to like take care of everybody Mm -hmm. to prove that they, that like they can love or to prove that you're, that you have earned their love, right? Or that you're good enough for, I mean, I think this is a sidebar. Like well, even as a society, that- like that women are supposed to be this way. And if you're not this way, you're a bitch. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Because the, the place I was going to go is like, I am regularly baffled by how much my children love me. There's no other way to describe it, right? Like my children just like are fucking obsessed with me. Yeah, and that's gotta <laughs> right? be such like beautiful, but and, also difficult. Like, it, and I have, it's been really freeing just to be like, I can't even comprehend, right? Like, like there, I had this moment once again with like the monster thing of like, 
I, what if I am unworthy of their love? And that, that actually also feeling really liberating, right? Like, actually, I am unworthy of how mm-hmm, much my, mm-hmm. like my children love me in such a monumental way that I am actually unworthy of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and therefore, like, therefore, I can, I can accept it because. Oh, I, that, to- I, I, to- I, I do that with um, deserving, like, mm. meaning like, I don't deserve this life. And I'm like, oh, wait, I don't deserve this life. Yeah. Like, how the fuck could I possibly deserve the moon mm. and the stars and the sky and the grass? I don't deserve it because it's impossible. It's just yes. a gift that I've just been given unconditionally because God loves me and loves everybody who anything that is alive and in existence mm. and none of us deserve it. And that to yeah. me is so liberating. Oh my God. Yes, 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 yes. You put that so beautiful. That's exactly how I feel like about my kids. And, and also I get trapped in um, like wanting, wanting to prove things to them mm-hmm. because, you know, I want them to have the moon and the stars yeah. and, um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of lost my thread a little bit, but it's just, it is really complicated and I continue to come back to the medicine that whatever you would like to experience, like the portal is in the thing that you're afraid of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think that necessarily is everyone's medicine, but like that keeps being my medicine. And that just keeps feeling like this is like, this is what I have to serve up and offer is like, um, uh, if you want joy, witness your shame. If you want love, witness your own lovability. Um, and it's hellish. And also then you're free. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is universal law. Like I think meaning, well, the universe, the heart that I think is universal law is that like the very thing that we desire is on the other uh, crossing the very thing that mm-hmm. we fear most the thing the very thing that we fear most is the thing that like uh we desire it yeah and yeah. also oftentimes desired it the most i mean again depends on i feel like this can get distorted and i think the fear means when i mean what i mean when i say fear here i don't mean like actual fear as in like your hmm. you know what i mean like i think there's fear i don't mean like do something I don't mean do something that is actually not good for you. And that's why you fear it. I mean, like, right. No, no, no. Your soul knows that there's something here for you. And that's why you fear it. Like, that's the reason that you fear it. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, yes, I think it's like your emotions are the fucking portal. Mm -hmm. Right. So if like, I don't know, let me think of an example. Well, one that comes up for me, this is like a smaller scale one, but like, I've shared this before, I think, but there was a period where I was like trying to like start a gratitude practice. Cause I was like, that seems nice. People love gratitude. Yeah. And I, I, it was like, it felt so stale and numb to me. Like I just like, I kept, it was just felt very rote. Totally. Yeah. And, and, and when I went in a little bit deeper, I 
like, you know, took myself on a, like a kind of little journey when I went a little into meditative place, what I saw <laughs> was like my long line of Irish immigrant ancestors being like, we're not fucking grateful. We're tired and bitter and <laughs> resentful. <laughs> We've been working our ass off forever and it's never enough and it never will be enough. And this is our lot in life. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm resentful. Mm. And so then I like gave myself space to witness like, oh, there is resentment here, right? And my ancestors, in this case, my ancestors like showed up to show me resentment, mine and theirs. And I like gave myself space to acknowledge all the resentment that I was feeling. And then I felt grateful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Total- that makes, yep, makes so much sense. Because you need to be able to be with what's actually there first. Yeah. Which I think yeah. takes awareness and you can't just cover that up with being like, oh, well, I'm grateful. <laughs> and actually to go back to something we were talking about before we hit record, part of that process was also like just witnessing the numbness for a little while, mm, you yeah. know, witnessing yeah. that the gratitude felt stale and like showing up to it and being like, huh, something's off here. Yeah. Huh, something's yeah. off here. Yeah. And then it was like a couple times of that, that I yeah, like started you- to see the inroad. Yeah, that you made space for something else. Yeah. 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 So you and I do, I think you and I, you know, like you said earlier, our medicine is is the uh, medicine that we offer to our clients is the same. I think we have different language for it. You know, like mm-hmm. you, you call it monster school and I call it like, you know, I always say like reality is love because it's room for everything. So it's like mm-hmm. being with reality or being with what is. Um, what would you say about, so what, so this, my question to you is what about the language of like, I said or something earlier about like being a piece of shit. Mm, like if someone's mm-hmm. belief was that like they were a piece of shit or their feeling was that they were a piece of shit. Is that also language that you would bring into monster school and be like, okay, well then you just need to accept that you're a piece of shit. The reason I, I, I choose this language specifically is because this is one of those phrases that I feel like I can't get past because it actually sounds so toxic. Like I can be mm. with, like, I'm bad and I can be with like, I'm whatever, a bunch of other, like I'm greedy, I'm selfish. Mm-hmm. I'm, those things are all true, right? Yeah. But being a piece of shit feels so like, do you know what I mean? It feels different. Yeah. So self-deprecating. Well, because, okay. Um, well, one, the first thing I want to say to that is like, once again, the reminder of you don't have to do this shit alone. Like, There's no like, there's no award for rugged individualism. Capitalism is toxic. So if you are feeling like very, if, if I'm a piece of shit, feel super, super loud in your life right now, like, like maybe call a cool therapist, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. um, just because you might have some understanding of what's happening doesn't mean you have to fucking do it all alone. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's important to, you know, the reoccurring Kylie Neva PSA. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, and um, what comes up to me when you're saying that, speaking of therapists, one of the things my therapist does that I love and thoroughly hate is I will say something <laughs> and he'll go, that's not a feeling. Uh, and I'm like, ah, right. I'll be like, I feel that I'll just like rattle on about a story. And he's like, 
because we have good rapport. He right, just is, right, cuts right. to the point. He's like, well, that's not a feeling. To- to- I totally, yep, yep. And that so, actually, yeah. mm-hmm. go, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say like, that's actually what comes up with a lot of my clients and people who've taken emotional alchemy and whatever. That's the idea of like, they'll come and they'll be like, but blah, 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 blah. And this person said this and blah, 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 blah. It's like this, this, it's a story. And then they confuse that for feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, 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 that's not, you have to understand a feeling is devoid of all of any story. It's like, I mean, may, there might be some story, but you don't need story at all to just be like, I feel this way. Yeah. Like story, I think is often our port, right? So I think we are often disassociated from most of our feelings um, to different degrees. So story can be a helpful portal in to, to, to feelings, especially if they feel like complicated and weird to figure out. And also they can be a really handy buffer that we can avoid feeling because we're stuck on like, I'm a piece of shit and here's all the data why I am Mm -hmm. and here's all the evidence why I'm not. Mm -hmm. And here's all the reasons why I've always had this story and I can't get it right. All of that, which Mm -hmm. all of that is story. And alchemy doesn't, you, alchemy doesn't happen in story, right? It happens in, in, when we drop beneath story into the feeling, the metaphor I use a lot, which I may have used here is I think of story as like, the churn at the top of the water mm-hmm. it can feel really rocky it can be like and uh and and you're like kind of pet doggy paddling like crazy to stay afloat in the story but also actual experiences when we drop beneath the surface into mm-hmm. the deep water of our experience which can feel really scary because it's you know deep dark water and also like there is flow and there is like like a current and there's the, the resistance falls away because then we're or like a resistance softens because then we're just in the emotion. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what I, the biggest thing that comes to me with I'm, I'm a piece of shit is like, but that's not feeling that story. Right. Right. And really what's underneath that is shame. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think that's really, so I'm, I'm, I bring that up because, okay, so I don't, I don't know if you do this and I know this isn't helpful, but I know that I definitely do it. Is that like when I share something, I can hear the naysayer in the background. Mm. Do, you, do you ever get that sometimes but i think it shows up a little differently for me than it does for okay. you like but yes anyway, i have a very loud inner critic but yeah so, but so it's, yeah so basically yeah, it's, an inner critic. it's like nays- I, and i the shows up in a lot of different ways but the naysayer is like okay but what if my story is this you know what I mean? mm. and so i think you just very 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 skillfully my naysayer is more interested in telling me i'm a disappointment different variety same thing <laughs> oh my god well <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting to get to know our different naysayers. Yes, but um, anyway, I just really appreciate what you said because I think you just did such a beautiful job speaking to that that invisible person who might be like, oh, but what do I do about this thought? And you're like, yeah, well, maybe there's something underneath that, underneath the and story. I think what I would also offer, because I think you, it's easy, we've talked about this before, you can like listen to something like this and then feel like, okay, well, what do I do, right? And I think what I would also offer is noticing what you recoil from. Like there are all of these knee jerk reactions that we have, like of pulling away, like our hand has touched a hot stove, mm-hmm. um, but it's probably not actually a hot stove. Right. And, um, and the recoiling is the thing that's making you feel small. That's making you feel trapped. That's making you feel powerless and panicky whether quiet or loud right just that habit of recoiling um and uh 
And I think watching where you recoil is the beginning of starting to then sit a little bit more still with what you might recoil from. Right. Um, and then, um, and then from there, other pathways might show up, but I'm thinking of things like, you know, maybe you recoil from people's compliments and you deflect them. And so notice, can you make a practice of like, I'm going to receive and like, and I've actually even, um, uh, like started the practice of actually saying like, I'm working, I'm practicing, I received that, right. I will like name that I have resistance to Mm -hmm. a compliment if it shows up and like, um, uh, or like, you know, does someone tell you something that they love about you and you instinctively kind of like shirk back from that and don't make it wrong. Don't, you don't need to fix it, but just notice that that's what's happening because I really think that the noticing starts to open up different spaces. Yeah. I love that. I think I'm going to like go and sort of observe this week, like what I recoil from. Cause I know yeah. compliments, I think is like a, yeah, for sure. Like a, a common one, right? Like I think yeah. a lot of people. And then, I, cause I was just about to ask you, like, what do you think we recoil from? And I'm like, yeah. I think I would need to sit with that and notice. Another, another, another way. Cause I've been thinking about this I, unsurprisingly, this is all I've been thinking about a lot before this journey, mm-hmm. but um, another way to notice your recoiling is um, notice what makes you unconsciously pick up your phone. Mm. Yeah. Because I think that's one of the, like, we have a little disassociation machine in our pockets mm. all the time. Yeah. And so if you picked up your phone unconsciously, just can you just trace back and recognize like, oh, I was thinking about my boss. And I feel really icky. My boss, like my relationship with my boss makes me feel really icky. Mm. So I was like, I was trying to escape and I picked up my phone. And again, maybe you stay on your phone, but you just notice like what the, what the. um, Yeah. You're just noticing what's going on. I mean, I think that's interesting. I think for for a lot of people, it's just boredom. It's the, and and really there's something underneath the boredom too. Yeah. I'm a little suspicious of how much it's really boredom to be honest. Oh yeah. But I think that's, that's like something that happens, comes up a lot in like working with meditation students is like, they think it's boredom and then underneath it is like so many other things. There's like a restlessness. It's like, it's like a discomfort with just being present with themselves often. Yeah. Because I think boredom is really disassociation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was, this was a fun little windy Not. journey that we went on. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for holding space for letting me like process some of that. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? This was such a gift that you offered to, to me and to our listeners. Or what did we, do you feel like you have any other, other pieces of that that you want to unpack? I'm excited to see what comes next. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if anything drops in, you know, yeah, you'll, you'll all be the first to hear for sure. Cool. Yeah. We don't, sorry. I just want to, I do actually want to say one more thing. I had this really deep experience for which I am grateful. And also I want to just restate like you, there's no award for like, like you don't have to go digging for uncomfortable experiences to be transformed, right? Mm. Like there's no like Olympic medal for being like, oh, I went to a hard, scary place. Like your life will serve you up whatever there is for you to look at in any given moment. And so I really believe there is like 
just as much profound transformation that happens in the like subtle moment of like tipping your barista as there is in like some deep journey. Like I really think they are all ultimately equally profound moments. So um, like I'm grateful for this weird and intense experience that I had. And also it's just a reminder that it's not transformation. It doesn't require us to like, I, I don't know, go hunting for things that aren't, they'll just show up. So you can just trust yourself to be where you are. Yeah. Yeah. Do you say that because you're afraid that in sharing this, like your concern is that you're you you might be you want to make sure that you're not sending the message that this that that's that like yeah, hard like I don't, yeah right that, like it does that like somehow like it's better if it's hard right oh, yeah, or yeah, like yeah um uh like it means more if you were really uncomfortable right like, or, like or I don't want to I don't want to present the CrossFit of spiritual enlightenment <laughs> totally or yeah or that you have to suffer in order to experience enlightenment yeah. yes okay I yes. hear what you're saying yeah yes yes so to add to that I will just say like. Yeah, you definitely don't have to because the way that I see it is like, you know, uh, life is, um, I don't say life is hard as it is. I don't know if that's true, but there is suffering there, you know, like as a human, there is suffering. So like it's, you'll have your time. Don't worry. Like you don't need to go, you don't need to go seek it out. It it will happen. So yeah. just in, if you're not, you know, just like wherever you are, just enjoy that. And if it's yeah. feeling easeful and like light and whatever, like that's exactly, that's great. And that's where you need to be. But, but don't you worry. I do think that like these lessons will come. Yeah. Well, and also like, I think specifically to like small moments of witnessing and sitting still with our shame are just as transformational as big moments of sitting and witnessing our shame. Mm -hmm. I think it's also the specific yeah. thing I want to point out. Yeah. Like, like, you know, if you, yes, if it feels, if life feels easeful, like fucking great, enjoy that. But also like you are alchemizing shame in tiny moments, just as much as you might alchemize it in like mm. big, seemingly like, you know, yeah. loud moments. I love that. That's, yeah. It's, I, th I That's been true in my experience. Yeah. 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 Awesome. All right. Thank are you ready for joy? Oh yeah. 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 You want to go first? To so what's one thing that's bringing you joy, Kylie? Um, okay, I have a very surprising reaction, <laughs> which is cleaning. <laughs> I love this. If anybody knows me, they know that my I like my house is cluttered all the time. I have no closets and small children, uh and no dishwasher, like all that stuff. Um I know. I was actually sorry. I was thinking you've told me before you don't have a dishwasher and I I know I've acknowledged that but like I don't know it hit me on a different level the other day when I was washing yeah. dishes I was like you don't have a you have two small kids and no fucking dishwasher like yeah, yeah. it's I I it's it's a bold it's a bold life choice happening over here it is. <laughs> and um and and I don't like to go back to, I don't have a tremendous amount of shame about the fact that my house is always cluttered because like something's got to fucking give, you know what I mean? And there are other things I'm more interested in doing. And I don't know, some kind of alchemy has happened lately where it's probably the ADD meds. Now I'm, now I'm recognizing. <laughs> 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 Putting some pieces together real time, but like, 
it doesn't feel so fucking complicated. And and uh, like I cleaned my bathroom floor the other day, which is like low key bothered me for like. And I just was like, oh, I like every time I go into pee, I'm like, look at how clean this floor is. Yeah, that must feel good. <laughs> and and I so specifically, it's like their ease has been showing up around cleaning mm. that so that it doesn't feel like I'm like constantly pushing a boulder uphill. Mm. Um, uh, and that feels great. I I appreciate having things cleaner and also having it not feel so fucking exhausting and complicated wow that's huge okay so yeah well i will we'll, i mean i think we've talked about we'll have another conversation some other time about you know getting on adhd ADD medication that can be its own episode itself but like that feels first of all all the things i love this joy because i i get like the joy that comes from things being clean but I think for you this is like even more significant because it's like the ease in which that yeah um yeah because it's usually like I have to be like okay we're gonna clean here we go we're gonna like make a fucking thing out of it like it, it takes a lot of like yeah. trickery to get yeah. myself to that place and so the fact that it's like huh, I just like paid clean that's yeah. easy yeah that's kind of my yeah. Yeah. And earlier, by the way, when I was saying that you don't have a dishwasher, I just wanted to, I was just noting that you're doing God's work there. <laughs> like, and my husband, let's be clear. My husband is doing God's oh, your work. Your husband's doing God's work. Yeah. yeah. All of those memes about wives who do all of the like domestic labor and also work a full-time job. That is my husband. Yeah. So we're just burning down the patriarchy real time. Yeah, love it. <laughs> love it. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, How about you, my friend? Oh, okay. Sorry. No, I'm actually, I just need to say, I don't actually love, I made my joke about bringing down the patriarchy. I don't actually love that my, I have a lot of clearly some shit about the fact that it's domestic shit is hard for me. And I feel up like an, there, there, I feel like there's an unfair burden on my husband and I like to give him a shout out because I don't think, you know, I think men get shit on a lot for not showing up and. Oh, to- yeah, totally. What I was going to say is like, that sounds awesome. <laughs> and also uh unfair burden or not i do think it's important that that i mean that is kind of burning down the patriarchy and like i don't know your parents, your kids are seeing something different from what a lot of people other people say and i think in a good way yes i'm yeah. just excited that now i get to like be a contributor yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay all right what's bringing you joy um i have a very specific joy because it's just been very i, th- I think i've talked about this before but it's a different version of this uh it's very obvious to me that this is a joy because it's something that I've been looking forward to. I mm-hmm. um, think I've mentioned on the show before that I really enjoy listening to stories before I go to bed. Have I done that? Mm-hmm. And um, I think this is just another iteration of that. So I started listening to, I just, I've been looking for comfort and something that brings me comfort is Harry Potter. And so I've just been listening to the Harry, just started listening to Harry Potter on auto audiobook and just like feeling like I'm being read to every night, like a little kid. And then I just like, I set off, set my little timer and I like literally just drift off into dream world. And it's like the most cozy, especially because it's like fall here and like colder. And there's just, I don't know, there's a feeling of being held like, like a little kid listening to a fictional Aww. story going to sleep that way. And so that's, I've been really I enjoying love it. That. Yeah. Highly recommend for people who, I don't know, like being read to, I guess. Yeah. That sounds yeah. really nourishing. It yeah. is really nice. Even though JK Rowling's canceled, but 
Yeah. I mean, we can separate, I think. I think you were allowed to, <laughs> especially if your love of Harry Potter predates J.K. Rowling <laughs> being the fucking worst, yeah. then I think you get to keep you get to keep Harry Potter and Hermione. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, I have, off with J.K. Rowling. I don't know where I stand on this topic of like, can you separate the artist from their art? Like, that's something that I really I don't know how I feel about because I I oh. I, I think for me, I can. But I also understand why that's problematic. Oh, my God. I would love to discuss this in greater depth because uh, grad school Kylie is like, have I been summoned? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Let's have a whole conversation about this because I really sometimes struggle with this. It's like I'm not I can't help it. I love Kanye's like first two albums and I mm. fucking hate him as a human being. So like, I mean, and this can apply to so many things. I love Michael Jackson. Yeah. I'm not I can't not listen to Michael Jackson for the rest of my life. I also love Woody Allen. All problem, mm. very problematic people here. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because as you were going through those lists, I was like, like, yeah, I can't imagine Halloween without listening to Thriller. And also, like, I don't give a shit about Woody Allen. So it's easy. Right? There's certain there's certain char- certain characters that are easier for me to be like, oh, like, screw them and right. others that I'm like. Um, so there's also this like real arbitrary thing. And also part of this when we do have this conversation, um, part of this also feels like connected to cancel culture. Oh, right. Yeah. Which is like, what's the spectrum of like, um like like engaging with culture and critique responsibly versus the like i think ultimately ineffectiveness of cancel culture yeah that seems like a juicy if anyone has any um guests that they think would be cool to have this conversation with yes let us know let us know cool okay awesome right all right everybody Thank you for being here, joining us for another week. We love you. Yeah. Subscribe, like, write a review, um, tag us on the on the gram. Oh, and I will add, um, if this shame topic landed for you, I have two different workshops I've done on money and shame. So um, I'll give Jennifer the links to put in the show notes because um, uh, if you want more resources on this, uh, you can go check those out. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Thanks, y'all.